Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to the Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Mark Cowart sitting in for Andrew Womack tonight. Listen, I want you to know we have a very special guest tonight, Bishop E.W. Jackson, one of my favorite people. And uh, we're going to have an awesome time tonight, Richard. And we're going to give him a more proper introduction in just a moment. But Richard, we've got some exciting things coming up, yeah. a few announcements to make, and then we'll get into our time with Bishop Jackson. All right, Mark. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have EW with us tonight. Uh, it's going to be great. So thank you guys for tuning in and uh, really appreciate that. It's going to be a great show tonight. I wanted to mention some stuff that's coming up here, events coming up here at Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College. Well, here we are, guys. The Truth and Liberty Conference is here, September 8th, 9th, and 10th, here at Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado, and it is going to be awesome. Uh, in fact, EW is going to be with us. He's going to be one of our speakers, along with Mario Marillo, uh, uh, Eric Metaxas, Lauren Bobert, David Barton, Lance Walnow. Uh, I'm going to have a chance to talk, I think. And then uh, Bill Federer and Congressman Doug Lamborn. It is going to be an awesome lineup. You you know, I think we need to come together uh, to strengthen ourselves and remind ourselves of what uh, what makes America a great nation and what we're going to do to turn this place around. But we'll talk more about that in a little bit. The Minister's Conference, you know, Andrew's been doing a Minister's Conference for, what, 40 years at least, and it is at a highlight of the year here. If you're a minister, you're in the ministry, please consider coming out and getting strengthened, refreshed, renewed in the Word of God and in, in uh, fellowship. That's October 3rd through the 7th. And then uh, Women Arise, November 3rd through the fifth, an awesome event. Uh, Terry Savelle Foy is going to be ministering along with Carrie Pickett and Audrey Mack. If you've never heard Terry Savelle Foy, I tell you, she's a delight. She really is. Uh, she's a woman of God that can really bring um, an uplifting message. And then uh, I wanted to mention, if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, we really encourage you to subscribe. Here we are, guys. We're coming up on one of the most important elections, uh, and we say this every year, but they seem to get, be getting more and more pivotal. But uh, you need to be a subscriber to Truth and Liberty because we're constantly sending out information, resources, action alerts, things like that to help you stand for truth in the public square. So go on our website, click subscribe, share your email address with us. When you do, uh, we'll put your name in a hopper and, and you'll be eligible to receive a free product. Last week we gave away two books of Bill Federer's, uh, his amazing socialism book, From Plato to the Present, uh, and then um, Believe, uh, a co-author with his wife Susie. And I want to congratulate Patricia Lemons, you won that. This week we're giving away one of my favorite of Andrew's books, which is The True Nature of God. You know, there aren't very many Christians who really understand the true nature of God. This book will, will set your theology straight. I promise you that. So subscribe today and be eligible for that. And then uh, also... Um, 
Mark, we do what we do here at Truth and Liberty, you know this, through the generosity of our members. And it's easy to become a member of Truth and Liberty. We are doing awesome things. A lot of things we can't even cover here in this little show, but we're turning Colorado back to biblical values. We're uh, you know, bringing uh, resources to bear all over the nation. And if you want to be a member and help us do what we do, you can go on our website to the donate page and just sign up to make a recurring automatic contribution of $5 or more per month, and you'll become a Truth and Liberty member, and we'll send you the Constitution the Declaration of Independence. You remember those two uh, interesting historical documents, uh, as Barack Obama said. Uh, and uh, we'll send this to you as a free gift in the mail. And then uh, also wanted to mention that if you need prayer tonight, call into Andrew's Phone Center. It's, it's a jam full of Word of God filled, Spirit filled, trained ministers who will agree with you by faith and prayer. And uh, the number there is 719-635-1111. I want to mention one other thing. If you donate to Truth and Liberty, just keep in mind we're a 501c4, so it's not tax deductible. But God notices, and I believe in His economy, He does return that to you. So anyway, uh, that's all we've got tonight, Mark. I'm going to kick it back over to you, and we'll get on with our program. Awesome. Richard, I've been looking forward to tonight. In fact, driving on up here tonight, I was thinking of how much I appreciate Bishop E.W. Jackson. And I, I got to tell you, just before we introduce how he came on my radar screen, and it was years ago, and uh, I had never heard of Bishop Jackson, and there was this gentleman that came on, and he was addressing the African-American people to come off the Democratic plantation and come out from that dependency and I looked and I thought, who is this man? I've never heard anything. And I was looking and it was millions of views. This thing was going viral. And uh, as Bishop will be able to tell us, it created no small stir. And uh, I said, this is a man of God that is speaking the truth of Amen. God's word. Bishop E.W. Jackson, thank you for being with us tonight. You are an absolute blessing to us, the body of Christ. And we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with us. Well, Mark, Richard, it's always an honor to be on with you guys and with Andrew. Thank you so much for inviting me. It, it really is a pleasure. You know, look, we live to be used by God. And so that's all I can say. I just want to be used by the Lord. So thank you. Well, and you know, normally what I do, Bishop, is, you know, I've always got a page of things to read and I'll just pitch it back to the guests. But if you don't mind, I want to read a couple of things that you have accomplished and things that you've done that just are extremely impressive. I love your story because you certainly weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth and your life could have gone a lot of different directions, but choices you made, this is an accomplishment. So I just wanted to share, you were uh, born in Pennsylvania. You joined the Marine Corps in 1970, honorably discharged 73, graduated Summa cum laude. Now you educated guys. Am I even saying these words yeah, right here? <laughs> that means also, top of his class. And oh, he's number one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phi Beta Kappa Key from the University of Massachusetts at Boston in 75, Harvard Law School. While in law school, you studied at Harvard Divinity School, a licensed Baptist minister, ordained as a pastor in 1979, consecrated a bishop in 1998, but you've been a candidate for the U.S. Senate, Republican nominee for Lieutenant Governor of Virginia. And uh, this next one, I don't even know if I can believe this. It says you and your wife, Theodore, have been married 50 years. Did you get married when you were two? You just don't look 
<laughs> and you know, we got to hang out during the summer family Bible conference. And you know, brother, I just felt like asking him to lay hands on me before yeah. he left. You just don't look your age. And uh, married 50 years, three children, and you, you both reside in Virginia. But Bishop, you have been a vocal, uh, outspoken person about things going on in our nation. And you, I will say, in my opinion, you have gone places that many have feared to go. You've said things that caused a volatility in people. What is it that keeps you moving forward with all of the attack and the onslaught that comes when you speak out in truth? Well, Mark, I know you and, and Richard, you've heard my testimony, how I got saved. Now, I was born into a broken home. Uh, I, I was raised in foster care until the age of 10 years old. My foster parents were completely illiterate. I don't mean a little, they were completely illiterate. My foster father could not read or write at all. He signed an X and my foster mother could only sign her name and that was about the extent of it. Um, and at the age of 10 years old, my father swept in literally and took me out of foster care because by 10 years old, I was a gang member. I was a petty criminal. I rarely went to school. Uh, I was engaged in gang fights over territory. You know, the kind of things you do that graduates into drug dealing and, and, and the penitentiary. And the people we looked up to were people who were going to prison, not people who were going to college. And so that background uh, got changed dramatically when my father took over. And I, I give him and the Lord, of course, first and foremost, but I believe God was using him because God had a plan for my life. And when my father took me out of foster care dramatically in one day, he told my foster mother, if I don't take him now, we're going to lose him. Yeah. And he was right. That's that's where I was. So, you know, when you talk about graduating summa cum laude, I think it's graduating. Thank you, Lord. That God just showed grace in my life. But but look, here's the thing. When God came into my life, uh, I was in Harvard Law School in 1976 when God just Literally, my, my father was part of that, too. Um, and it changed, it revolutionized my thinking about this country and about our place in it. You know, I've used the phrase, we need a theology of place, uh, meaning that we as Christians need to understand we're not where we are by accident. We are here by divine calling and placement. That I'm not here in America uh, as a citizen of the greatest nation on earth because of slavery. I'm here because God had a plan for me and for the millions of others that he brought here from various parts of the world. And I really believe that it is the body of Christ that should understand that and be stewards over the great gift that God has given us. And so when I stand up and say things like, I don't care how my ancestors got here, I'm just glad they got here. Yeah, that gets people a little upset, but, but they don't understand the orientation. I'm thinking God got them here because God wanted me here because my ancestors who were slaves, in fact, I've written a book that'll be coming out later this year called Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. My great-grandparents couldn't have known that their great-grandson would be a candidate for lieutenant governor, that their great-grandson would be speaking all over the country to people of all kinds of backgrounds. But God knew that, and God had a plan. So. So I, I, I'm urging Christians all over the country, as always, you've got to understand we are here by calling 
And that calling has responsibilities, but it also has the anointing to do what God has called us to do. Man, I'll tell you, you are, I just am so refreshed hearing your story and your testimony because you're, you, you could be in a totally different place right now, either in a prison or a grave. Yeah. And because of your dad, which I think that is one of the things that we try to fix Honest. all these problems in this country. And we don't know that God's plan and God's design is best. And it's that nuclear family. And so I think it was you and Andrew and I, we might've been having lunch at the summer family Bible conference this summer. And, you know, we talked about, there's an obvious difference in our pigmentation here. And so if you say certain things, we thought, well, maybe it's not as uh, volatile or maybe it's more readily received when you touch on issues of race or political party. Is that the case, Bishop? Well, you know, I, I've said that in my view, the Democrat Party has not changed the spirit of its, its, its origins, its intents, its motivation since the days of slavery. I mean, it was a party of control then. It's a party of control now. It was a party of subjugating people for its own interests then. It's a party of subjugating people for its own interests now. Mm -hmm. The tactics are different. The approach is different, but the end result is the same. Keep people in a sense of dependence, subservience, inadequacy, and then use them for your own purposes. And that's exactly what the Democrat Party is doing right now. And I'm, yes, you're right. I'm saying to any American of African ancestry I can talk to, and notice I use that phrase because I tell people I am not an African American, I am an American. I'm an American of African ancestry. Some of us are of Irish ancestry. Some Americans are Italian ancestry, German ancestry. But we are Americans first as citizens of this nation. And when I say that, but you know what I'm finding now? I used to get people, people would be so mad at me that they, <laughs> they literally wanted to attack me physically. I'm finding more and more people are starting to say, you know, you've got a point. I never thought about it like that. Because they're looking at what the Democrat Party has done to the black community, what is done to the minority community, to poor people, and none of it is good. Uh, and in fact, it's terribly destructive. And so I find that even though leftists don't like what I have to say because I'm really blowing their cover, you see, uh, but I'm finding more and more people are awakening to it and saying, thank you for speaking the truth. I have people call me on the radio. Americans, again, black Americans call me and say, you know, I'd never thought about it until I started listening to you and realized, you know, he's right. He's got a point. Because, look, all I'm doing is telling the truth. <laughs> you know, I don't consider it to be any great thing I'm doing other than telling the truth. And thank God people whose hearts are open to the truth hear it. Amen. Well, I have to tell you, Bishop, you, you are such a breath of fresh air because you're saying things that a lot of people are afraid to even go into the territory. And you and Richard and I, we were talking before we went live tonight. We've got some serious things going on uh, in this nation. I think this last week we saw uh, former President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago uh, Mar raided, found out they have his passports. What is your view of what's going on in our nation right now? Quite honestly, I tremble for my country right now. 
What do you see? You know, I described it this way, Mark. I really believe that we are in a cold civil war. A cold civil war. Now, thank God, it's not a hot civil war, and I don't ever want it to become that, and I believe, I believe in God for an awakening. But this is a level of division unlike anything we've seen since the Civil War, where you've got people who really believe, in effect, that the government can do anything it wants to do to whomever it wants to do it, as long as the, the sort of the deep state or the people with their hands on the levers of power, the elites who think they are superior to the rest of us, as long as they approve it, they can do whatever they want to do. And you would think there'd be a little bit of restraint given the fact that they accused this former president of Russia collusion, hoax. They accused him of trying to extort Zelensky, then uh, Prime, Minister of, uh, Prime Minister of Ukraine, they, on a telephone call, hoax, lie. Um, and now, and, and by the way, impeached him twice, and now over apparently a dispute with regard to, to classified documents, they raid his house like like they're going after John Gotti with machine guns. I mean, you know, semi-automatic weapons posted outside. It, it, it's just, it's preposterous. It's ridiculous. It, in my view, frankly, it's unconstitutional because I really believe that they, they violated his right to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. I think this judge was biased and this kind of, well, Richard, you and I both practice law. Mm -hmm. when, Nobody gets a search warrant to search everything. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to anyway. Right. Search warrants are supposed to be very narrowly tailored, and they apparently went through Melania's clothes. Yeah. I mean, this, this stuff is, is horrific. It's dangerous to our country, and I, I trust the truth, tr the truth will ultimately come out, and all of this corruption will be exposed for what it is, and we'll put a stop to it. Well, Bishop, you're, you're a Harvard-trained lawyer. You're also a man of God, and I... I'm curious about what, you know, this politicization of our law enforcement agencies means for the rule of law in America. And, and uh, I think you'd probably agree with me, without the rule of law, you don't have freedom. Forget about it. Well, are you concerned about this uh, using law enforcement for your own political agenda? And uh, where are we in America right now on this issue? Well, look, you all know that Zogby did a poll, this came out two years ago, in which they showed two-thirds of the American people believed that we would be in a hot civil war in five years. Mm. Um, I have said this because I, I am categorically, and unequivocally, let me just make clear, against that. I said, whoever this guy was who went and attacked an FBI office, that's wrong. That's just as wrong as what they did, maybe more wrong. We as Christians don't use evil to combat evil. We, we fight evil with good and the, the grace of God and, and the anointing of the Spirit of God. But I'll say this. There are two institutions, in my view, more than any other, that hold our constitutional republic together. One is the voting system. If you ever get to a point where nobody trusts it, 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 is, it, is, it is nothing to anybody because they believe it's, it's, it's a lie, it's a fraud, where do you go to resolve political disputes? Mm -hmm. And the second thing is, if we ever come to a point where we believe that the criminal justice system is not a fair system, that it is going to deal with you on the basis of your ideological perspective 
And if you have the right ideology, meaning you're leftist, you will you can uh, practically commit murder and walk the, the same day. But if you are viewed as conservative or Christian, you can you can get locked up for misgendering someone. Um, if we ever come to a point where we don't trust our criminal justice system and we don't trust our voting system, we're in big trouble. Wow. Well, that's pretty sobering, you know, uh, but, but facts are facts here. And if we look at what's happened in the United States Just Department, Justice Department since the Obama administration, it's hard for me to come away with any other conclusion but that it's been politicized. You know, I mean, uh, ju just look at uh, what happened to Hillary Clinton for her uh, violation of federal law in the destruction of 30,000 uh, confidential emails, right? And that's not just holding on to evidence. That's destroying evidence. Talk about obstruction of justice, and we could go on in here. You've got the, the, the wrongful indictment or, or pro prosecution of Carter Page, uh, General Flynn for political purposes, Roger Stone, um, and the, uh, the fake FISA warrants that were issued, the, the, uh, the fake dossier, the, the, the falsification of the affidavit with the FISA court, and on and on we go. You got Peter Strzok and whoever that other lady was, Lisa Page, who are uh, on the case but are obviously biased and now it's just continuing. Here we have a judge in Florida, a magistrate judge who is a, a donor to Barack Obama and the Democratic Party who is commenting on Facebook and social media about his criticism of, the, of Donald Trump and he does not recuse himself from the case but instead issues like you said um, uh, EW a, a warrant to search the home of a former president of the United States of America. This isn't just John Q. Public now. This is the last president of the United States who presidents routinely take thousands and thousands of documents with them when they leave office. It's part of their presidential library. And he's, this little magistrate judge down in Florida is issuing this warrant. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling, if I seem upset, it's because I am. Because this thing, to me, is about as serious a situation as I've seen in my lifetime. And if it just gets brought Rushed under the rug, you know. I don't know what to say, but people, what do you think we need to do as Americans, EW? What what should concerned Americans be doing right now? Well, some of it we already see happening. I hope that this guy George Gascon in L.A. is going to be recalled. Um, we've got to go to the ballot box like we never have before. We need a tsunami to sweep out corruption uh, in this upcoming election. We've got to elect people who love the Constitution, love the country, love the American people, and are not in it for money, power, fame, fortune, but are in it to serve us and get rid of these crooks, because we really do have a lot of crooks right now who are just, they, they're just feathering their own nests, and they don't care what happens to us. I mean, we've got a president right now whose son has made literally perhaps billions of dollars with what we now know to be unequivocally, our enemy. The Communist Party of China is our enemy. And he's made money off that, enriched the Biden family off that. We got to sweep these people out of office because the presidential election is still two more years away. But that's one thing we've got to do. Uh, I had Ken Blackwell on my radio program not too long ago. Ken is an expert on elections. And I put, posed the question to him, you know, what do we do? And his answer was, engage, engage, engage. You, you got to watch these polls like a hawk. You got you to gotta act like they want to cheat. They're going to try to cheat. They'll get away with cheating. Because if you don't believe that and you don't watch that way, they will cheat <laughs> and they'll get away with it. 
So to me, we that's why I say we, we've got to, as Christians, sound the alarm to people. Violence is not the answer. We've got to use the constitutional mechanisms afforded to us. We've got to get involved. We've got to vote. We've got to question those in office. We've got to do it in an aggressive way, but we've got to do it in a peaceful way as well, uh, because that's really the answer. And by the way, and we got to pray, as Andrew and I agree and you all agree, I really believe God is working and awakening in our country right now. We're only seeing the seedlings of it. We're seeing the sprouts. But I think it's happening, and we got to pray that God would just pour out power on this nation to turn people around. Amen. You know, Bishop, what you were saying, we, you know, we just had Bill Federer a couple of weeks ago and he wrote a book called Backfired. And it was talking about this country was started because people were fleeing persecution, religious persecution. And now the founders religion is no longer tolerated in this country. And so one thing that Bill has always been good to point out, you know, I think of David Barton, American history. I think of Bill Fetter as world history and history does repeat itself only in the words of Bill Fetter, it comes back with a vengeance. One of the things that's happening, and I think you hit right on it, there is a great awakening going on, but I think Americans need to understand the urgency. All hands on deck. Everybody must get involved from the least to the greatest. And I know that we had a little taste of this during Corona. During that time, we increased, we saw more people saved. We increased on every level, attendance, finances, salvations. And so one of the things that you find is, and Bill Federer says this, in crisis, people turn to Christ. And I'm with you, Bishop. I don't want to see a hot civil war, but I think we are in a cold civil war right now. And so this is a time, Richard, I don't think we should be discouraged, but we need to lift up because both of you are attorneys and hearing your perspective, this is, this is a serious place that we're in right now. One other thing I wanted to bring up, I, I couldn't be quiet about this on Sunday morning during our, my message. The IRS with armed agents. I'm wondering, are our viewers, is everybody thinking what I'm thinking? Why do they need another 87,000 IRS agents? And from what I underheard, what I had heard, the IRS had it on their website. You, you will be armed, you'll be trained to use deadly force. And since the uproar, they have pulled that from their website. Bishop, what are your thoughts on this? This to me is insanity. You know, it, you, you mentioned our founding fathers, the faith of our founding fathers. Um, and of course, we know that they've been under vicious assault here for the last few years, racists and slave owners and this, that and the other. And I'm something of a student of history, not an expert like Bill Federer and, uh, <laughs> and David Barton, but, but a student of history. And I'll tell you, I, I, I never cease to be amazed at the genius of our founding fathers and the inspiration that they had. Because look, everything we're talking about now is a violation of what they wanted. They believe that we owe our ultimate allegiance to Almighty God, who gives us our rights and freedoms and that government is simply charged with protecting what God has given us. And it's not all powerful. It can't do whatever it wants to do. Uh, it, we, so they, they designed the Constitution that did what? Limited the power of government so that individuals would be free. 
individual liberty, limited and enumerated powers for the government. The spirit of that, the letter of that is in full assault. I mean, they're violating that. The president right now is not enforcing our border. The Constitution says that he is supposed to see to it that the laws are faithfully executed. He's not doing that. He's ignoring that. And we've got a whole system right now of people in place who remember um, the governor of New Jersey when he was implementing the COVID restrictions and who was asked, is this constitutional? He said, oh, well, that's above my pay grade. I didn't think about that. They don't, they, they don't care about the most, the, the, the most beautiful document in the history of mankind in terms of governance, the most successful governing document that has secured our liberty for almost a quarter of a millennium, and they're trampling it before our very eyes. And I think seeing the IRS with, I think it's about 6 million rounds of ammunition, uh, five or 6,000 guns and other civilian agencies, what in the world is our government doing? The IRS should be doing accounting. <laughs> they, should be, they should be reviewing tax returns and processing them, not arming themselves to the teeth so, yes, something is very wrong in our constitutional republic. Can I make one other quick point? You know, the left likes to call us a democracy. And I tell people all the time, we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. But I think they say that with intentionality. And here's what they want. What they mean is, if we can cobble together, together enough people, we can do whatever we want to do. Hmm. We can get rid of the Electoral College. We can get rid of all these restrictions. We can get rid of your First Amendment rights, your Second Amendment rights. We can do whatever we want to do we're a democracy but our founding fathers were wise enough to say we don't want to be a democracy we want to be a republic that limits the power of government operates based upon representative government and yes we do have democratic means of electing people but the majority only rules in certain circumstances because even the majority can't vote away those those fundamental god-given rights and liberty well said. Amen. Oh, here, here. <laughs> hey, wow. Bishop, uh, you, you've got an organization that you founded. Uh, one of the many things on your incredible resume is um, it's called STAND. And I think it's, it's uh, staying true to America's national destiny. And I, I'd like for you to take a minute and tell our viewers about your ministry there. And also, you're involved in, in a real work right now trying to uh, bring attention to the issue of violence in our inner cities. Can you, can you share about that for a little bit? Absolutely, Richard Barn. Um, Stan, Staying True to America's National Destiny, was founded on July 4th of 2009. And if, in case anybody's wondering what the, that those why that particular year Barack Obama was elected in 2008 and he was sworn in in 2009. And I was praying about the future of our country under his leadership when I heard him announce that he wanted to fundamentally transform the United States of America. I knew that didn't mean anything good. And uh, I was praying and asking God, what, what could I do? And this is what the idea that God gave me. And the purpose of STAND is to bring Americans together across racial and cultural lines to uphold our Judeo-Christian values. In other words, to perpetuate the vision of one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Uh, you saw that the North Dakota School Board, um, I think, the, where was that? In Fargo, North Dakota, said that we will no longer say the Pledge of Allegiance because it mentions God. 
and we know it's talking about the Judeo-Christian God, and we can't have the Judeo-Christian God because there are many gods, and people worship many gods, and from now on, we will no longer say the Pledge of Allegiance. But the Founding Fathers understood that it's the God of the Bible who assures freedom for every person to worship, even when they're not worshiping him. I mean, it's not right. We don't agree with it. We try to persuade people. But I, I tell people this all the time. I will fight my government if it tells the Muslim, you can't worship Islam, because that's not the government's job. That's my job to say, don't, because that's not the true God. But it's not government's job, because if government goes after them, guess who's next? Probably us. And so I, I really believe we got to come back to these fundamentals and that's what Stan was, was all about. And also, get rid of all of this racial thinking that the left is perpetuating with critical race theory and the, the 1619 Project and everything is about race. You know, you all heard me say, look, the, the, it's not the skin, it's the sin. Mm. That's what divides people. And people have divided throughout human history over all kinds of things. And race or skin color or complexion or whatever is just another one of those many things. But God is the one who wants to unite us under his banner as his family. And so that's what we're promoting. Now, the big project we're working on is called Awakening Hearts and Minds. And what we're doing is going into the inner city. We got a meeting planned for Chicago on October the 15th, going into the inner city and talking to parents of murdered children. Mm. You know, we've had 290 children murdered in the inner city since the death of George Floyd. They haven't been killed by cops. They haven't been killed by white supremacists. They haven't been killed by Ku Klux Klan members. They've been killed by thugs in the streets who these prosecutors are allowing to be in a revolving door of committing terrible crimes and going out and hurting other people. These kids are sleeping in their beds. They're playing in their backyards. They're in their parents' cars. And because they're in the wrong place at the wrong time, these innocent children are being murdered. So we're bringing in a message of how do we deal with this? Because clearly what the left has offered, what the Democrat Party has offered, uh, this is not a political meeting, but, but it hasn't worked. It's gotten worse. And so we're trying to address that with biblical principles and with, with talking about rebuilding families and strengthening families, uh, parental choice in education, and working with the police. For those who said the police were the problem, as you said earlier, Mark, before we started the program, how's that working out for you? We got fewer police and we've got an epidemic of crime unlike anything we've seen before. Well, you know, it's funny, isn't it? I, if I follow this up, I was just sitting here thinking, we were talking about the, the liberals are arming the IRS and disarming the police. So they're arming uh, our tax agents and disarming those who protect us from real crime. So what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> hey, by, by the way, Richard Massey, let's not forget what precipitated the independence of the United States of America was King George's attitude that he was going to tax the colonists, whether they liked it or not, to the level whether, uh, level whether they liked it or not, and without any representation, and Samuel Adams and John Adams and George Washington and others stood up and said, oh, no, you will not because you are violating our fundamental human rights when you do so. People don't know, they're playing, they're playing with the very foundations of this nation and what they're doing. Yes, yes. They and are. you know, one of the things, Bishop, I was reading an American Thinker article that somebody sent me. They were looking at the French Revolution and things that went on there. 
there are some very alarming similarities. And, you know, we look at what's going on in America. The difference with America is we are one nation under God. Now, we're acting like a post-Christian culture because we've got a few people drunk on power and they are, but what's happening, and, and it's the funniest thing, we were talking a little before the we went live tonight, you know, it should be a time people are very discouraged, but I have never been more encouraged mm. because my faith is in God. And a little side note for me, you know, there are people that love or hate Donald Trump. He was the best friend to the church and a president we had had in a long time. And, you know, I saw these tweets. It's like, you know, I could put up with a few mean tweets. I sure did appreciate lower price on gasoline and all of the other things in an economy that was booming. Now we're watching inflation go up. The good news is what is going to backfire, I believe, and is backfiring. I, I had to share this real quick. I was watching, uh, I'm very selective in the news I watch because you can't trust the media. But there was, uh, they were playing some clips from some Democratic talking heads. And uh, there was this one Democrat lady, an obvious, didn't care for President Trump. And uh, she said, well, I sure hope they have a good reason for raiding President Trump's home, because if they don't, uh, they just handed the presidency to Donald Trump. And all of a sudden they were saying, even the Democrats are nervous about this. So in many ways, I've never been in more encouraged, but yet I tremble and I'm alarmed for my country. And my prayer, my heart, and my labor is that we wake up and realize God is our deliverer in this. We've proven what we can do when we put God out of the picture. Mm -hmm. So Richard, are we getting any questions starting to come in at yeah. all? I'm wondering if the people are getting as fired up as we are. <laughs> yeah, my, my tablet's smoking here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we're getting some good questions. You want to take some of them? Let's do it. All right. Well, here we go is a question from uh, Kelly on Facebook is asking, uh, do you see more pastors starting to speak up about politics in the church? Well, would you like me to take that? Um, I wish I could give an unequivocal yes to that. Uh, I can't, but what I can tell you th is this. I see some being more willing to speak up, but you know what might be more important? I see more rank and file Christians saying, I don't care whether the pastor speaks up about it or not, this is what's right, and I'm gonna stand for this, and some of them leave churches and find a pastor who will. Some of them stay there and try to get the church to awaken itself. But but I think rank and file people are, are real. This is going to be a grassroots effort. I think that's going to make the difference. And a lot of the leaders who are, think they, they think they're protecting themselves or protecting their property or their income or their ministry, they're going to eventually find themselves trying to run around to get up in front of the parade so that they don't get left behind because I think the people are moving. Amen. Well, yeah, I, you know, from everything I've seen and heard, those, those churches and pastors that stood up during COVID and stood for the Word of God and didn't shut down, um, the, they prospered. Their churches are, are growing and exploding. Those who caved in to the 
Well, I'm just going to say it to the Antichrist spirit that wanted to sh silence the church. They're the ones that are bankrupt and that are closing their doors now. So, um, you if know. If I could interject yeah. too, Richard, you know, when Bill Federer was with us, I don't have the exact number, but Barna Research, they did a poll from March of 2020 to March of 2022. So, right in the window with Corona. 100,000 evangelical churches closed their doors. And, you know, at times we may think that's pretty disheartening and discouraging. But if you look at it, Jesus said in John 15, any branch that doesn't bear fruit, he's going to cut that branch mm. and toss it into the fire. And so, you know, pruning is one of the laws of nature and of nature's God. And so I believe even spiritually speaking, I'm with you, Bishop, it's disheartening. We should have had pastors because they're the watchmen on the wall. But Isaiah said, what good is a watchdog that doesn't bark? And I know that I annoy people and I know it annoys me when I hear a dog barking at two in the morning. But if he's alerting me to a criminal or somebody trying to hurt me, I'm going to love that dog. <laughs> and so I think pastors are uh, more open to speak. I wish we had a better report. But it's, 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 God is moving right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, look, you know, any dead fish can go with the current. It takes a live salmon to swim upstream. And let's face it, one of the problems we have is a lot of the people in our pulpits today have been educated at these cemeteries, which they call seminaries, and they're not even saved in the first place. They don't know God. How are you going to set the church on fire when you don't have any fire yourself? Because mm. you don't have a living relationship with the living God. I know this is not about Karis, but it's one of the reasons why I'm so excited about Karis, because we need educational institutions that are going to, to, to actually educate people to know and love and believe in God. You know, I went to Harvard Divinity School. I say I, I didn't finish at Harvard Divinity School because I found that it wasn't at all divine. <laughs> but while I was there, I heard some horrific stuff that I'm thinking, what in the world? And so if that's what people are being educated into that are filling our pulpits, no wonder the church itself has suffered such a lack of passion and fire. But here again, I think that people are watching Andrew, they're watching other programs, and they're getting awakened and getting on fire and joining with other people of like mind. So I, I think the awakening is happening. It maybe it won't happen in the way we might expect, but I think it's happening anyway. In fact, let me let me mention this because I have people who watch Andrew come to my church all the time, and one of the things they say is, "I had no idea you were in this area." <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I saw you on Andrew Walbeck Ministries, but but our church and our ministry is based in Southeast Virginia. Our church is in Chesapeake, Virginia, and we're there every Sunday at 943 Canal Drive. Or Stand is based in Virginia, but we are a national organization as well. So I just want to encourage people, come on by and visit with us. I, frankly, I get tired of people coming up to me saying, my pastor won't speak up. My pastor, I asked my pastor about doing something with pro-life, and he said, no, we're not touching that. And my first question is, well, why are you still there? Um, mm. well, okay, maybe God has told you to stay there. I don't know. 
But don't just stay there out of tradition. Don't just stay there because, well, my grandmother went to this church. Find the church that feeds your faith. Find a church that feeds your spirit and where you are going to get fulfilled and uplifted and encouraged and inspired and strengthened. And those churches, there are those churches all over the country. And I would encourage people to make sure that you're in a church where that's happening for you. Because this battle we're fighting, you can't fight this battle with a dull sword. Boy, mm. Bishop, if I lived within driving distance of you, I'd be in your church and anybody listening close to you, if they had to drive two hours, needs to be. And until they've heard him preach, that's right. I don't think they've heard preaching yet. <laughs> it's true. full of life. And, and you know, if I could just put a plug in for our practical government school, mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I've been knowing Andrew, you know, I think it's 44 years this year. And uh, we met at a Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship meeting. I had been listening to Andrew on the radio, never saw him. But in October of 2015, we got together for lunch. And that was really the launch mm -hmm. of the Practical Government School. So calling all, uh, calling all Karis Bible School graduates, if you've graduate, your country needs you. God is blessing. Richard, mm -hmm. you were my first coordinator on mm -hmm. that. And uh, I'm telling you, we have the best of the best speakers. It blows me away. David Barton told me there is nothing like practical government yep. school at Karis Bible College mm -hmm. in this country. Yep. And I'm saying that to boast on the Lord. And I am thankful that Andrew, you know, Andrew's in rare air. The size of ministry he has. So many guys are so careful about what they say. They don't want to, <laughs> they don't want to interrupt the income. And Andrew, <laughs> I remember when we had lunch that day, he was telling me some of the things that he was saying. This was back in 2015 on, on national and international TV. And I said, Andrew, did you say that on the air? And he said, Mark, it's the truth. <laughs> and I said, what a revolutionary thought. And I appreciate Andrew's fearlessness and boldness to stick to the word, but practical government school. Karis, graduates out there, you need to pray. And uh, if you want to just skip the praying, I'll just say you need to pack up and get out here for fall semester. Amen. <laughs> well, uh, that's the next question here for, uh, from Ellie Shaba on Facebook is what can I do besides praying? Uh, Come to Karis Bible well, College. That's one thing. She need, uh, we need to get involved. Bishop, do you have any response for this viewer? Absolutely. You need to find out what your school board is doing. Uh, go to school board meetings, find out what your city council is doing. Um, you need to find out what's going on in your community because a lot of times these things are happening and people aren't even aware. Like, for example, you may live in a conservative community and find out that your school board is teaching critical race theory or that your school board is engaged in keeping from parents this transgender counseling that they're doing with your children. So you've just got to get involved and figure out the lay of the land. That's the place to start. Start locally. You know, go to your, your uh, Republican Party meeting. See if they're doing anything. I'm not saying the Republican Party is the be-all and end-all of anything, but you might find some other conservatives there of like mind who you can work with. But, yeah, I would encourage you, just get involved right where you are. You know, when God called Moses and Moses began to, well, Lord, you know, uh, they won't listen to me and so forth. And God asked Moses this question, what is in your hand? And all he had was mm -hmm. a staff. Yeah. 
But he said, that's what we're going to start with, what you've already got. And I would encourage people, start right where you are with what you've already got. Oh, boy, that's so good. You know, I wanted to mention, what can you do? Well, on the Truth and Liberties website, under the uh, resources and the research center, there's lots of stuff you can do. One of the things is start a culture impact team at your church. Just go to your pastor and ask about it. We've got all the links on the website that you need to learn all about how to do it. The Family Research Council is behind it. They said that the... the uh, uh, CIT is what we call it at Pastor Mark's church here in Colorado Springs is the best in the nation. And I tell you, you can make a huge impact by just getting your church equipped through a culture impact team. Something else that we just posted a couple weeks ago on our website is a link from My Faith Votes that will take you, all you got to do is go on there and you can type in where you live and it'll take you to the county resources where you can sign up to be an election judge this fall. We need to flood our polling places across the nation with election judges. So go on our website, find that. It's My Faith Votes. And uh, another thing would be a biblical citizenship course in your church from Rick Green, you know. We use him in the practical government school too to teach the Constitution. So there's just three quick, uh, more quick ideas I wanted to throw out there. And what you said, Richard, um, there is a church in Denver uh, area, Legacy Church. It happens to be Billy Epperhart's son. Mm -hmm. You introduced me to two men that go to his church yeah. up at the meeting in Castle Rock. I just got a text from him today. He is so on fire. Jeff is so on fire. He said, we've had our third Culture Impact Team leadership meeting. People are on fire. And Richard, to answer, uh, tag on to that question, I think the two hottest areas of literally spiritual warfare is uh, school board meetings mm -hmm. and also election integrity. Mm -hmm. They can be poll watchers, but getting involved and just so they know, we at Culture Impact Team at Church for All Nations, we're here to serve you. And I think our links may be on there, but yes, if you need help starting a Culture Impact Team, we're here to serve you. I like to say I hate paying for the same real estate twice. So if we can help you avoid any mistakes, we'll tell you any and all mistakes we've made. But our church is on fire in getting involved, and we'd love to help serve in any way on that. So, Amen. Hey, Richard, can I also add, we know there are a lot of people probably listening right now who have church, who go to churches where their pastor just won't do it. I've had people say, my pastor wouldn't allow me to have a culture impact team. Um, and one of the things that we do is organize, when I say we stand, is organize people in the community. Mm. In other words, bring people together from various churches. So if you want to connect with other people of like mind, get in touch with us. The website is standamerica.us. And we've got people all over the country. We'll connect you with them. In fact, I'd love to see us connecting with Andrew Walmack ministry supporters all over the country who we know many of them are out there and many of them are also going to churches where they're not getting the kind of teaching that you're getting from Andrew. Wow, that's excellent. Thank you for mentioning that, Bishop. Uh, yeah, folks, so go to standamerica.us and uh, get involved. It's, uh, you know, we can all do our part, can't we? We've got another Amen. question here that um, I'd like to get to because it's a pretty interesting one. And I feel like that there's a lot of uh, people, maybe in the millennial generation, that feel this way this viewer does. And Bishop, I'd like to have your reaction to it. This is Kristen on chat. And she says, I feel like I can't trust the previous generations. If life was so great back then, then why did prayer get taken out? Uh, or why, how did Roe versus Wade happen? Where are they now? So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what's your response to that, trusting previous generations? 
Well, look, that's really not the issue from, from my perspective because every generation will answer to God, every person individually will answer to God. I think we all agree that the church was largely asleep at the wheel. The devil was moving and people simply didn't see it, uh, didn't understand it. Um, so I wouldn't focus on that. You know, I've said, try driving a car by keeping your eyes fixed in the rearview mirror. You're gonna crash. Mm. You better look ahead with vision. So the real issue is, what do we do now? Not what did they do or what did they not do? You know, the left always accuses us of wanting to go back. You wanna go back to when women didn't vote. You wanna go back to slavery, which is just preposterous stuff. We're, we're forward looking. What we want is to take the principles that made America great into the future. Let me just take a quick moment to mention, I've now got a granddaughter, our first grandchild. And my father said to me when he took me to live with him, this is the greatest country in the world and what you do with your life is up to you. And if you wanna make something of yourself, nobody can stop you. I wanna be able to say the same thing to my granddaughter. I wanna be able to say to her, this is the greatest country in the world and whatever you wanna do with your life, you can do. Follow the destiny that God has in store for you. So. I would just encourage you, be forward-looking. Uh, remember, people are individuals. Don't, don't glump people all together. There were people screaming against slavery. We don't hear those people talked about, but they were there. Uh, so there were people screaming against Roe v. Wade and screaming against uh, these cases that uh, banned prayer and banned Bible reading in the schools. You're not gonna hear about them. No need in focusing on the people who were silent. Focus on the future and what God wants to do with you in the here and now. I, I put it this way. I refuse to obsess about what someone, either real or perceived, did to me. I obsess with what God wants to do through me. Mm. Wow. Well, there's our soundbite right there. <laughs> there it is. I, I love that. And you know, Richard, to tag on the question about trust in previous generations, I, I love what you said. If you drive down the road fixated in your rearview mirror, there is no question you're going to crash. Yeah. Um, vision is so important. The unique thing is God created each of us. And according to Psalm 139, God has written a book about my life. And Bishop, I think about what you said. Psalm 139 is one of my favorite books because it says, all my days were written in your book before one ever took place. And so what that tells me, but if you look at one particular translation, it says all the days ordained for me by God were written in his book. So I always point out the devil's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. And I'm telling you, he was starting to execute his plan for your life, Bishop, gangs and you know, foster home and all these things. But thank God your dad came in and pulled you out of there and it totally changed and put you on page with God's plan. But our previous generations were asleep. That's all there was to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the important thing is we're waking up in this nation, I believe. Yes. We are in an awesome great awakening. And you know, Bishop, we are running out of time. I tell you, it is always a delight to be with you. Thank you so much for joining with us. Any closing words tonight? Well, look, first of all, thank you all for inviting me and thank you for Andrews and you, Mark and Richard, your service to this nation. I love this country. 
our country's in trouble. And it's going to take, just like our founding fathers stood up a quarter of a millennium ago, it's going to take patriots today, no matter what they say about us, how they talk about us, to stand up and to let people know, yeah, we're going to remain the land of the free because we are the home of the brave. Yeah. Bishop, I think you you capped it off right there. And I want to say to everybody, um, there this Truth and Liberty Conference coming up, what a what a lineup of powerhouse men of God. Bishop E. W. Jackson is going to be there. And I'm telling you, you need to come out here physically. Make your way out to Truth and Liberty. It's going to be a blessing. Uh, I believe, Richard, it's going to be more than just information. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a time of impartation. Yes. And, you know, there are powerful things that happen in the lobby. You know, running into other people, meeting other people of like precious faith. So if you haven't made plans to get out here for truth and liberty, you need to do that now. The conference coming up in September. And also, with all seriousness, any Karis Bible College graduates, you need to prayerfully consider coming into the third year practical government school. I'm telling you, and I'm not just saying this because I'm the director, but it is the most powerful, That's anointed, awesome. and you know that firsthand, Richard. We, we got to labor to do that together yeah. and launch it. Mm -hmm. And so also I want to thank CTN for carrying us. They are such a blessing. Mm -hmm. And so thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank you for caring. And Bishop Jackson, thank you for being with us. What an amazing time we've had tonight. Such words of wisdom. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week at this same time on the Truth and Liberty Livecast. God will come through. Miracles are waiting for you, but not if you stay in the boat. It is vital for the church to be the salt of the earth and have the God-intended righteous influence on our culture and community. Faith doesn't give you the whole picture. God doesn't tell you every step along the way. He says, trust me. Is the finish line how much stuff you can accumulate before you die and leave it all behind? Or is the finish line standing before God? We must rebuild the United States of America, this constitutional republic under God. The time is now. We cannot wait any longer. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net. 